Welcome to the Acupressure Podcast. My name is Russ Johnson. I am a licensed massage therapist and a registered Jin Shindo acupressurist practicing out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. As always, my podcast partner is Steve Summers. Steve is a licensed massage therapist, a licensed marriage and family therapist, and a senior Jin Shindo instructor practicing and teaching out of Brentwood, Tennessee. If you have any questions or comments, show ideas, just to say hi, you can email us at acupressurepodcast at gmail.com, or you can also visit us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash acupod. We have had several people ask us how to best support the podcast. We have decided to set up a Patreon account where you can donate money every month, and that is at Patreon. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Acupod. Jin Shindo Acupressure is not intended for the diagnosis, treatment, or cure of disease. It is a relaxation therapy and a useful adjunct to licensed, qualified medical or psychological care. For any persistent pain or symptom, even a seemingly minor one, the listener is strongly encouraged to consult a medical doctor. When used in conjunction with standard medical treatment, the Jin Shindo acupressure technique can assist the healing process by releasing tension, decreasing stress, and encouraging a sense of increased well-being. Enjoy the show. Welcome to this episode of the Acupressure Podcast. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Russ. So, Steve, I was um, in Nashville last week and I got to do a podcast with you in person, which was lovely. And one of my class, one of my classmates, one of your students, was asking about the eighty twenty rule. Yes, eighty twenty rule, and uh, and um, we just chatted about it for a little while, and we both realized that eighty twenty shows up in all these crazy places. And uh, and so she asked if we would chat about that a little bit, and the. Uh, the 80-20 rule that I was talking about uh, was this idea that 80% of our neurological information that we get uh, or that we utilize comes from nerves that travel from the body to the brain. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so we are constantly engaged in scanning and getting data from our environment, both the internal environment, like how tight are our muscles, uh, how much pressure is there on our organs, uh, all kinds of information from the inside, uh, as well as sensing all the outside things, all of uh, our sight and sound and all the things that are affecting our skin, temperature and pressure and uh, other people's energy and uh, what's happening, emotional energy, what's happening in our environment. And so the idea that we were talking about is that 80% of what's happening neurologically is coming from our body and that only 20% is what we, how we make meaning of that, what we figure out to do about that. And then the action, the neurological system that says, Oh, we ought to do this. Uh, and so, um, part of what we were talking about is why would anyone want to move out of their head and into their body? <laughs> and that's one of the best reasons is that in our head where we judge and we um, have rational thought and we evaluate and we critique, uh, that's only 20% of the information and there's so much that our body could be telling us or that is holding information that we keep unconscious. 
So that's one reason why it's helpful to move out of the head into the body. So that was one of the 2080 principles that we were sharing about. And for those of you who don't know, the 2080 principle comes from an Italian economist from the early 1900s, uh, Pareto. He discovered 80% of the peas came from 20% of the garden. And then he started looking at other ways in that worked. And he discovered that 80% of Italy's land was owned only by 20% of the population. And from there on, people just really looked into how the 80-20 or 20-80 principle is everywhere. That's what I love about you, Russ, is you go do research on stuff and you find these <laughs> wonderful things to share. Uh, and I've heard that in business, too, that 80% of the productivity comes from 20% of the workers. You know, 80% of the value in something comes from 20% of the, the product, something like that. Uh, and so that's really cool that uh, that matches kind of what's happening in our body, that only 20% of the energy is on, um, you know, evaluating and doing stuff, and 80% is on sensing and gathering data and um, having a knowing, uh, an embodied knowing from that experience that really doesn't have anything to do with thinking. Yeah. Um, we could all. Go ahead. I was going to say, we were talking before we started recording, and I would asked you about us using acupressure points because we will hold one point and then hold four or five other points and that principle comes into effect there also which is just interesting that is another wonderful principle uh and and that matches uh in the class we just had we were doing demonstrations and uh so much of the time where our symptoms are where the tension is uh where the dysfunction is our attention goes 80 percent to that <laughs> But in practice, uh, we hold one place there and relate it to four or five other places that are nowhere near that, that are part of bringing healthy function and balance to that. So that is a great example of the 80-20 uh, principle and how we use it in Jin Shindo. Uh, another relate, relatable thing to that is that there are over 700 points that have been named uh, over the centuries in acupressure all over the body and uh, different research shown what the function is and where it is. And in our acupressure modality, we generally have a really good working knowledge of 100 or 150 of the points. Uh, and we use those day in and day out. Uh, and then sometimes we pick up other points that are important, but that's kind of an 80-22. And 80% of the work that we do is all uh, related to about 20% of the points. I, uh, and, I, and I really appreciate uh, chatting about that, even thinking I had a session last week from a wonderful practitioner, and um, part of the session was moving into some of the dysfunction I've had in my hip lately. And so the um, as an example, about 20% of my understanding of the hip came from just sensing into the pain and feeling the muscles that are involved or the tensions that are involved. Uh, and that was thinking about it. Uh, but then through the session, well, my practitioner held points and I was able to move my awareness from thinking about it into my body. I could experience the very specific way that parts of my body, like parts of my abdomen, were withdrawing from my hip and feeling like they were receding and want to go deeper inside and protect. And then parts of my hip were wanting to spread out into the world and bring 
who I am and what I was doing into the world, and there was a conflict inside there. And when I became aware of that conflict, just by really paying attention to my embodied sense of self, the the pain didn't seem so important anymore. Uh, the pain was actually trying to tell me about that conflict. And by holding points there and paying attention and honoring both of the parts of me, the part that wanted to withdraw, isolate, and hide, and the part of me that wanted to spread out into the world and uh, move freely in the world, there was some resolution. And I could deeply have compassion for both of those places inside of me. And within two days, uh, my leg did not hurt anymore. My hip was too and fine. And so that process of moving out of my head, thinking about what muscle did it, what do I need to stretch, and why did it happen, that's one process. And then the whole other process about actually being in my body and allowing my body to give me information and allowing the energies to move and have conflict resolution, that's a totally different process uh, and seems, in my experience, to be more useful. And I guess that's why I've been with this work for the last 25 or 27 years. It seems to be more useful than just thinking about stuff. How does someone integrate this once they do go from their head into their body or their body into their their mind because that i mean that can be pretty intense for some people and i'm sure integrating that into an everyday life for a lot of folks would be really difficult i really think that that is uh, the crux of it how do we integrate it uh so much of our culture teaches us just to be in our head and think about stuff and um i think that's a great question uh, the simplest answer that I have for that is the idea, uh, sometimes I will uh, ha check this in as a goal for myself, which is instead of my brain leading my body, I would like my thought process and thinking to serve my body, which is how it developed in the first place. Mm -hmm. <laughs> my brain is a wonderful, mature extension that helps me think about the future or uh, learn from the past and figure stuff out. Uh, and so I think the simplest answer to that is the way I integrate in that, that into my life is to continue honoring the information that is available in my body and my internal wisdom and knowing and letting my brain be of service to that instead of canceling out what I deeply know and understand about the core of my being, using my brain to cancel that out and to just think rationally or to um, evaluate or judge separately uh, to actually engage in that process from an embodied place. So, well, maybe that's not a simple answer, but it's the simplest to me. Well, I, I <laughs> matches my experience. I was going to say, as I was asking it, I know that's not a, a simple thing to answer. That's, you know, some people go their whole lives trying to find the answer for that. <laughs> yes. And the, but that's the wonderful thing. I, I believe so many cultures and so many philosophies and uh, spiritual endeavors uh, from all around the world and through the centuries have been looking for that answer. How do I stay embodied, stay true to my integrity and the principles that I believe are my core self um, and, and integrate that into a regular life with actual other humans in a society? Uh, I think that's a fantastic question and the pursuit. Uh, that's one of the reasons why I love Jin Chino and why I love active pressure because it, I believe that it, I can utilize those tools to be in service to other people who are seeking an answer to that. 
and I've had a session with you before. Um, usually when I get just a regular massage, I get upper body cause that's where most of my pain is. And you were holding a, a local point on my upper body, but you started holding points on my legs and something in my brain clicked. And I said, Oh yeah, I have legs. Like I just totally forgot <laughs> that I even had, had legs. <laughs> what a wonderful experience. Yes, that's it. <clears throat> we do. Our brain tends to focus on those things which are consciously available or, uh, especially the pain or tension. Um, and when our focus is so much outward, we tend to just get stuck in our shoulders and neck and head that, wow, what a great thank you for sharing about that experience. Yeah. It's wonderful to remember all of us, <laughs> all of ourselves. Did you have anything else you needed That's- to add? So much for our goal for having short and sweet five to ten minute podcast. Yeah. Those of you who have listened this far, I just really want to appreciate that you have given us more than five or ten minutes of your time to get there. Apparently, we cannot have a coherent conversation in only five to ten minutes. <laughs> well, they, yeah, that, that, that's true. <laughs> well, as so I guess uh, the, way, the way to finish that or just uh, sort of put a bow tie on that uh, is that sense of how grateful I am for the acupressure process that we're talking about. Um, I was stuck in my head. I was stuck just consciously aware of my thoughts and had really forgotten my body and its wisdom. And uh, no one had ever really shared with me that I could trust my body for what it knows. And part of the Jin Do process was reclaiming and reengaging with the wonderful um, intelligence and wisdom of my body. So, um, so I'm really grateful for this conversation. Thanks, Fred. No, thank you. And thanks for listening and we'll talk to you next time. Looking forward to sharing some more next one. All right. Thanks, Steve. Next podcast. All right. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the acupressure podcast. You can visit us online at facebook.com slash Acupod. If you would like to check out classes that Steve is offering, you can go to www.bodyperspectives.com. If you'd like to check out classes from Debbie Valentine Smith, you can go to bodymindtreasures.com. And to find a Jin Shindo teacher or practitioner in your area, you can visit jinshindo.org. Thank you for listening.